people. I'm Katie. And I'm Soren. This week in the Rose Garden, we are talking about character information, but in character and out of character information and all of those little bits and bobs in between. But before we deep dive into that, because it is a a deep dive, um, (laughs) we want to do a little rolling with it. We haven't rolled with it in a while. Remember remember rolling Mm -hmm. with it? We're going to do that now. Uh, So we have a table (laughs) here uh, provided to us by TJ. Thanks, TJ. Uh, We're going to be rolling on some questions about things we are currently doing into, can be, will be, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, So let me pull up a For those of you who are, like, joining us for maybe the first time or after a very long time, um, we do roll with it every once in a while on episodes. We have a bunch of different randomized tables, just like Katie said, and uh, we roll a... Do we do... Do we roll a D20? Do we roll a D100? D20. D20. I can't, I can't remember. You um, came up with 100 questions? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, we roll a D20 and we go ahead and ask ask the question based on whatever the D20 presents us with. And then we just talk about it for a little bit. So yeah. here we go. Roll that roll. die. That's a 12. A 12. 12. Uh, middle of the board. What has been a recent or new hyperfixation? Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Um, Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't know if I <laughs> need to think about it for a second. <laughs> um, new or recent hyperfixation. I might need like half a second to think through my last few days. I would probably say very loosely. I think I think I'm at the beginning of this hyperfixation. Uh, woodworking. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't even know that I'll be going deep into this hyperfixation, but um, I'm working on a few props for a show that I'm working on, and I need to work with wood to like finish the pieces Mm. and it's just been really cool to like learn different techniques for uh whittling wood and like sanding it down Uh and uh just getting the finish you're looking for it's very satisfying work too so um because i've been doing this i've gotten interested in like oh i should repair the this piece of furniture i have or like i Uh should make this which like we'll see how far that goes Uh we'll we'll see if my my uh, interest finally peters out but um but yeah so a little bit of woodworking <laughs> oh no i just don't know that i i like in in the pure definition of hyperfixation i don't think i get hyperfixated quite as easily as some <laughs> as soren does because <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i don't know that i have one then, like, just take the word hyperfixation and, like, like, smooth the edges a little bit. doesn't have to be hyper. What's just been, a, like, a new interest for you or a new, like, 
piece of media that you've been like jazzed about? Oh, I guess I started watching Ghost Whisperer the other day. What is that? It's like the 2000s show with Jennifer Love Hewitt where she's like a medium. And oh my gosh. I totally forgot that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, she's, it's kind of sad most of the time. Uh, I mean, it's about like the dead coming back and having yeah. unfinished business, and it's mm-hmm. not like the oogie oogie unfinished business. It's like I'm a dead child, and I don't understand that I'm dead, oh and my I need God. you to find my mommy because she told me to stay put whenever I get lost, and like that kind of a thing. Can everyone tell that she's not hyper fixated on it? She's just been watching I've watched it. like two episodes. <laughs> That's so, just one of so the episodes. Do we need do we need to roll one more time? No, that's great. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So uh, Ghost Whisperer. Yeah, I started watching Ghost Whisperer. Uh I wouldn't say I recommend it, but I'm watching it and you can watch it too. You can watch it too. Anywho. We- uh let's roll out of it. Let's roll right on through it. Um <laughs> now we're, we've kind of got some, as per usual, like mild structure here. Um, <laughs> but to start with, for those of you who might say, like, what do you mean in versus out of character? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> dear, well, oh, dear reader. Dear listener, you are <laughs> in for a treat because we have definitions for you. <laughs> Not ones that we've uh, seen in any uh, book, but one that we create in our mind and share with you. Katie is in a lovely energy today. Um, (laughs) So when we're talking about like in and out of character information, we're talking about um, correct me where any of this might skew compared to your own definition. Um, But in character information means information that your character is aware of and has at the ready. Out of character information has to do with you as a player right. and what information you may have that your character may not. Right. So, for instance, uh, it is possible for Lura, Sword's character, yes, to have a scene that Prim, Katie's former character, did not have access to. Yes. Because of... A number of reasons. Maybe she just wasn't there. Maybe she was distracted and was talking to somebody else. Laura literally walked to a different town and wasn't with the group. Right. So um, Katie, the player, heard that scene. Because proximity in the same room. Was present. (laughs) Uh, But Katie's character wasn't present. Mm -hmm. So just because Katie has the information Mm -hmm. doesn't mean Katie's character has the information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this also gets into a concept called metagaming, mm-hmm. where <laughs> that's the <laughs> metagaming pigeon, uh, where players know things that characters don't. And right. therefore, players optimize character choices based on player information, information rather than character, character information. information. Um, and so it can just be tricky to know how to separate those and, you know, play honestly to your character uh, and, and all of that. And I guess the third definition then also is uh, there's such a thing called above table, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which just means that, like, 
I, it would be above table for me to ask Sam about rules mm-hmm. or to clarify, you know, would Prim know this because, right. you know, she has a plus five to religion or, you know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are above table, meaning we're kind of out of the game. We're hovering above the game a little bit and talking about the game. And I feel like sometimes those those above table moments or above table pieces of information definitely lead to things like history checks or like religion right. checks right. or nature checks, what what have you. Um, but yeah, it ultimately is like in in my mind at least, it feels like the most uh clarification and like strategy oriented information that we have as players or that we talk about as players right yeah and much like any piece of dnd ever i think this is probably one of the most common themes throughout most of our episodes is there are multiple ways to handle these types of of these buckets things. of information. Yeah. <laughs> These uh, categories. And none of them are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just is kind of a preferential thing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about our preferences mm-hmm. about how we handle those buckets of information mm-hmm. and how it affects different parts of our game. And then kind of wrap it up at the end with a summation of, of how it values us, how the way we choose to handle it values us as players yeah and shocker if you've listened to any other episodes where katie and i are kind of doing like a point counterpoint like discussion um we have different opinions (laughs) yeah it's true uh so i guess i'll start by saying uh i've mentioned this in our note-taking episode I take notes on everything that happens throughout Mm -hmm. the session, whether or not my character is present. Right. Um, And it has to do a little bit with with holding my attention. Uh, I want to pay attention to what's happening during the session. In order to do that, I take notes on everything so that my attention stays on the game and not on, uh, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Uh, So, like, at our most recent session... There were a lot of scenes that my character was not in. It's a new one, by the way. We'll talk about her later. Uh, <laughs> there there were most scenes that I was not in. Yeah. Uh, but I took, like, almost nearly closely, word for word. Uh, Novel. <laughs> like, written account of what happens. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that is... A, a an attention thing yeah but also there is a sense of responsibility a little bit yeah. so that we as a, a group have that information for next time especially because our group meets so infrequently mm-hmm. uh we're all busy adults with lives and so yeah. we do not uh get to hang out often uh, and it's not always full party each right. time we do get to hang out so right you kind of function or your notes can also offer like an archival purpose right it's it's very much so so that we as a collective have the the knowledge of what happened last time mm-hmm. for what us to be able to to catch up um and i don't tag my notes in any sort of way mm-hmm. uh i 
just kind of know. I mean, if I'm writing Prim in it, Prim is present. If I <laughs> did not write anything about Prim, chances are she's not present. Uh, so I I don't really struggle to keep that information separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's also something to be said about how we orient our scenes. There's like not a lot of crosstalk. There's not a lot of like one scene happens over here and then another scene happens over here. We're pretty like, I don't know, chronologically focused. Like, sure. Like there's not a lot of time hopping. Right. 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 Happening. Yeah. And there's not like a lot of, uh, like free play per se. Like we're not like creating scenes on our own frequently. Right, like a lot we, of scenes are prompted by Sam. Yeah, and, and, then and take we it from there. will like take them and run with them, right. but um, we are not frequently fostering right. those those scenes right away. Right. Yeah, there's usually a little nudge from Sam. Right. Um, I kind of position myself on the like the other side of that concept. Um, so I I also take notes pseudo in that like it it helps me pay attention. Um, but I definitely, um, have a tendency to step away from taking as many notes when, uh, Lura specifically is like not involved in the scene. Um, and I do that because, um, I'm kind of capitalizing on my forgetfulness. (laughs) I'm kind of like, uh, how can I make it easier for Soren to make decisions as Lura, I don't keep the information that doesn't pertain to her in mm-hmm. my own personal notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, like when I'm referencing back in my own notes, all I've got is what Lura knows. And that's it. And that, that just, that helps inform her character decisions a bit for me. But um, I appreciate that, that Katie takes notes as, um, as detailed as she does, because I mean, we we want to be able to know and we want to be able to look back at like what happened to all of our characters um and kind of where we're sitting point in time with our whole party um but i've found that when i i have had a couple moments where i've taken notes um during other character scenes that that lura is not privy to and um i end up somehow uh thinking about that information maybe a little bit more than if i had like not written it down and then i don't think it's made a giant influence over lure's decisions but i definitely think um that context is sitting there and that definitely like trips me up occasionally um and so then it it just kind of re-solidifies it. It just might be smarter if I, for myself, if I just don't write this down, but pay attention to their scene physically. Um, but that's just certainly different strokes, different folks. Do you ever find in recollection then that, like, because I know TJ is like me and takes a lot of mm-hmm. notes. Yeah. Do you ever find moments where, like, you and TJ are recapping the last session in preparation for the next one. Mm -hmm. And he brings up something and it's like, I don't even recall that occurring. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that, that's definitely happened. Uh Um, but then even, um, vice versa, like there are occasions where like I'm, I'm chronicling something back and he's like, Oh yeah. 
like I forgot that detail sure. and I don't I I wish I knew like what the what the specific like common thread was um mm-hmm. that that caused us to remember one thing but not the other sure. um but definitely sure. like there are plenty of things that I forget because of that because right. I don't take the notes on right. it right, right. yeah um yeah I I don't know I've thought about this more than once mm-hmm. uh in that it f- definitely feels like I like I am aware in taking notes of scenes that I'm not in that I'm like privy to this extra set of information. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a part of me though, that having that information allows me to do that above table talk sometimes of like, Oh, uh, just for my knowledge, like, you know, maybe Lura's having a scene or mm-hmm. Kiri's having a scene where they're talking about some, worldly event you know or something Uh like that and it might prompt me in taking those notes to then ask sam either at the session or later like hey would my character be aware of Hmm. this going on even separate from that scene yeah would they be aware that like this is something that's occurring like away from table right i mean yeah sure um and and sometimes that information there's like no point to that but sometimes you know in a further on scene Mm -hmm. if we're talking about an event that happened our characters are talking about event that happened Mm -hmm. but my character wasn't in the scene that your character was in Mm -hmm. she would ask different questions or she might respond to things differently yeah and the way that i i have found that i can remember to ask those questions or have that perspective is having the notes to then prompt the like mm-hmm. hey sam would i be aware of this thing or that thing right. um so that's another way that those notes kind of help me inform my gameplay in a way that's not necessarily metagaming i'm yeah. not trying to like min max the game in a way that is uh not true to my character it, yeah. if anything it's trying to be more true to my character to mm-hmm. say like okay you know uh, in our recent game, Melora's Awakening, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I didn't ask Sam this, but just for an example, you know, if I had asked Sam, like, hey, would my character know that that event occurred? Mm. Like, would she know that it occurred? Did she know that she, that it occurred there? And then perhaps that could lead to a future scene with our characters where you and Kiri were at, were at that event. Mm-hmm. And the way he described it, it could kind of seem like a kind of private, uh, lots of animals were present, a lot of like awakened animals, meaning that they were like sentient, uh, were present, but like not a lot of like humanoid people yeah, were present. Think like Odette transforming in the animated Swan Lake. Right. Like a cozy, close knit experience. Right. Not a lot of humans present. Right. And so it's like, if my character had been aware of that, you know, maybe said, like, what have you guys been up to lately? And you guys tried to pull a fast one, you know, and <laughs> yeah, say, yep. like, oh, we were doing this other really non-conspicuous thing. And <laughs> I could say, like, uh, you know, based on what they've said, do I believe that? And maybe yeah, Sam like would the like hell have you were. <laughs> me roll an insight. And I could say, like, interesting, because I know that, you know, yeah. Laura just awakened. I thought that would be something you'd be, you know, like that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I was 
my character in that scene where Melora was awakening, no. No. But that information might be helpful to me as a player to inform future interactions. And by having those notes, by taking those notes, I'm aware enough of what's happening to be able to then prompt myself to ask those questions. And make, like, character-aligned choices choices and um i can't believe i'm about to say this but is katie about to uh convert me and <laughs> convert my note to- stop don't look at me like that <laughs> she's like come over here. Uh, <laughs> i'll show you how to take notes um i will say um maybe some of my like um note-taking practice uh could be informed by information overwhelm sometimes i like i don't know how to transcribe what's happening like in a concise and like still helpful format does that make sense unless it's like happening to me because i know that i can you know regurgitate it later um but to keep everyone's scenes from the entire night in that capacity and then still still try to make useful notes i even struggled with like taking notes in high school and college like how do you have any like tips on how you like note take in that fashion or do you have like any um indenting to see what i'm i I don't know i don't even know what questions to ask i should Uh, i should really just corner you and tj and ask you how you both do it i type also that's Mm -hmm. important to remember so i'm not writing right um and i think that makes me faster to keep up with some of those scenes yeah um but i don't i i write like i'm watching a tv show okay so like you know you had a scene with your brother so i was like laura sees her brother he hits her in the head with an apple you know so like, like that kind of kind thing. of a script almost a little bit yeah. I, and it's like i mean it's like a book in a way like yeah yeah laura I, I i'm just not i'm not putting in a bunch of fluff it's a yeah. very like matter of fact uh description of what's going on and if there are some like key phrases or mm-hmm. like quotes i might put those in a quoted indent in notion but like sure I, even even the dialogue i will write like laura tells her brother that she's scared to go home you know mm-hmm, like that kind mm-hmm, of a thing mm-hmm. um and honestly the funny thing is i i don't really take notes on my own scenes because hmm. i can come i can remember that and come back and fill it in later but it, at the session hmm. i like when it's my turn my ipad goes to the side and i'm like yes and <laughs> i like that allows me to be fully like reactive so i don't like sam says something to me and i go wait hold on let me just type that real quick okay now i'm ready (laughs) like that kind of a thing so i i'm pretty sure if i went to my notion right now like i still don't have any notes on the scene where you and kiri ran into tj and i like i haven't put anything in there about Mm -hmm. that yet um but i have extensive notes on the other scenes that i was not a part of because Mm -hmm. i didn't have to be fully in it and reactive Mm -hmm. i could just like listen observe observe and 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 notate things that were you know stood out to Mm -hmm. me about those scenes oh that's interesting i like hadn't thought of that and i hadn't heard even in like our you know discussion like prior to hopping on to record this episode Mm -hmm. like i hadn't 
you hadn't mentioned that before. I don't think you'd had that realization before, but that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, the taking notes thing definitely started as an attention grab and just making sure that I didn't check out of people's information. Yeah. Um, and it continued to prove some usefulness to the like archival nature of it. But then, like I said, it just like helps prompt new questions. And then when I actually do have a scene, I can kind of put it away, know that everything else that it has happened that night is in there. Mm-hmm do my scene and if there's like a scene that follows my scene I might come back to my iPad and not listen to the scene that's happening right then and type in my kind stuff of decompress- and then like, not decompress but debrief yourself yeah, and yeah. then like maybe catch back up yeah. after that yeah I don't know um you've kind of like in and out talked about it um but like how mm, I'm trying to think about how this affects um we're already kind of talking about it where we were we were going to ask like point blank like how does this affect your note taking how does this affect your role playing but i think you've done a very good job of kind of uh covering that <laughs> yeah well let's take a quick ad break and okay and we can come back and dive into legit like role playing sure yeah and we're gonna go tend to garden in one second hold on oh wow did you say blue jay yeah yeah oh my god welcome back uh okay so let's get into the role-playing side of things uh (laughs) this is where the metagaming stuff comes in right um and i we've you know discussed this in preparation for this episode but you know you've talked about trying to keep that information separate when making character choices and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um, I'm gonna throw it to you first. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. How, like, do you think you could find a moment that you can remember where, like, you're like, "Ooh, Sora knows this, but Laura doesn't." I need to be careful. Absolutely. So, um, we all know that uh, uh, Valen and uh, Prim are gone and um one of the big like examples of this whole uh, in and out of character information is um soren knows exactly how valen died oh sure soren Mm -hmm. knows like the details and the questions that were asked and the process and um it was recounted to soren like after the scene because it was like a you know, you guys kind of went away and did your uh-huh. did your like upstairs scene uh-huh. um, to kind of keep some mystery around the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but Soren has all of that information. Lura has literally none of it. Right. Um, and so that has kind of sort of informed how I role played and how I'm still role playing her grieving. Uh-huh. Um because she is still like presently grieving right. um, because in game time, it's only been like a couple of weeks right. maybe. Right. Um, but in real life, it's been like a few months that we've spread across a few of these sessions. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think if Lura knew exactly how it happened, I think that that would inform a lot of her decisions differently. I think that she would be like going after exactly like who did it or she would be um more 
she'd be more inclined to go after that person right yeah. away. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Laura doesn't have any of that information. And it's she's very in the dark about that. She knows that it was not a good situation and that it was bad and that it happened. Uh-huh. Um, but she doesn't have intimate details. So uh-huh. it's been a lot of like... Uh, not angsty teen, but kind of, sort of, like, sure. angsty teen, still processing, still very, very newly wounded um, expressions of grief. So I think that has been a, a large example of in and out of character information. Uh, do you think she, with only the information that Laura has, do mm-hmm. you think she's gunning for anyone right now or is she just like upset in general i think point in time for her she's just upset in general i don't really think the dust has settled enough for her sure and i feel like in the the last session we had for all of our fun friends who are listening and (laughs) do not get to actively sit in on these sessions Uh (laughs) um the last session that we were in, Lura had some moments with one of our other players, Kiri is her name. Uh-huh. Um, she's an adorable little druid. Uh-huh. And um, the two are kind of like traveling partners right now. And they are both grieving and dealing uh-huh. with losing Prim and Valen. Uh-huh. Um, oh, shoot. In explaining that, I just lost what I was talking about. You were asking... If she's gunning for anybody. If she's gunning for anybody. So, like, I was alluding to I don't think the dust has fully settled and I think both of those characters are in the process of letting the dust settle Uh and like letting themselves be angry Uh Um, and so I think right now Lura is too upset and angry to like fully strategize yet sure but Soren's like like quietly strategizing Kind of like what I think Sam said during the session of like not having anybody to blame. Like, is yeah. that kind of where Laura's at? 100%. Angry, but there's nowhere to put it. Yes. And yeah. I think, wait, did, did I literally say that as Laura? Or did Sam say that? Sam said it. He, you were talking, it was when you were talking with your brother's wife. Yes. And, and I was, she was like, yep. I get it. You're angry. Yep. Yep, it's yep, kind yep. of like having, feeling like you want to blame someone but there's nowhere to put it yeah yep 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 yeah um i like just specifically remembered those words and i was like whoa (laughs) like dug into my noggin (laughs) um but 100 she's just angry and has no bullseye to focus that energy so in juxtaposition like just making a case study out of this a little bit sure yeah if laura had the information Mm -hmm. of what went down if she was able to look at a crystal ball and like watch it play out oof do you think she i mean and there would be an initial sure like i hate that guy let's go get that guy right but do you think like overall she'd be more at peace with it because she would know the Mm. choices that were made and how the decisions were made and how the death occurred and all that i think the I think the um, progress to closure would be m- much more progressed sure. yeah. or much more in process yeah. um, because there is an answer, right? right? There right. is a bullseye now. There is right. a, th- yeah, closure is the best word. There's right. a 
literal structure to the information she can't make sense of. Right. Yeah. And I think that her rage would be focused. Sure. And yeah. So in <laughs> like looking at both of those two options, yeah. just like painting, fully painting the picture, the way you handle this kind of information in game mm-hmm. could greatly change the pace, the path, the trajectory of the game mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. not being aware of what information you're using because if Laura if Soren hadn't taken that time to say like okay she doesn't know that she's very lost she doesn't have any of that information yeah your game would have seemed a lot you know well let's just go get him let's just go take care of it and and then the whole party would have been like what right. like go get who right. and 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 why right. and like that's not what we're focusing on right now right. right and then like there's this extra layer of 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 complexity <laughs> in that like not only do you have to balance like does soren know this does laura know this but then mm-hmm. there's also like okay but we're still playing a collaborative game also right. so like there might be narrative reason for Laura to go off by herself and right. try to like one woman show this one I'm shot take him out yeah but that also wouldn't be like necessarily a fun collaborative story. yeah yeah so there's also mm-hmm. some like narrative obligation to working as a team even when there might be a character reason to go off by yourself yeah and there's that doesn't mean that you can't ever do that i mean like yeah uh there are are plenty of actual play uh examples i'm thinking of of like calamity of uh well that's kind of uh yes i'm thinking of like sarah leaving yeah um the calamity uh, campaign the other one that i was thinking of is scanlan in sure. campaign one he does a whole thing where he like bounces uh and yeah. like sam comes in with a new character for a while um and it's interesting the mm-hmm. choosing to go off on your own for sure and it can be interesting to the character arc because like scanlan eventually comes back and and they continue on you know whatever right. um but in most games you're going to want to try to do the collaborative option. So the narrative interesting choice of being the one woman show and taking on the big, big bad evil guy by yourself uh, could be narratively interesting for you. (laughs) But would it be narratively interesting for the entire group of people that you're playing with? Right. Absolutely. Um, Um, Whoa. You were... You were talking about oh, you were talking about Scanlan leaving and, uh-huh. and then and then eventually coming back, um, which brought me to think about um, a recent post by Jenny D. By this point, when this episode comes out, it will have been a like while. a couple months ago. Right. Um, but there was this post I saw by Jenny D. And she was talking about um, she's talking about a little bit about character backstories uh-huh. and how. You know, it's super fun and everybody wants to be like the four edgy six me like little like edge lord uh-huh. um, and go off and be a lone wolf and go do your own thing. But right. like that trope can get really old and tired. Sure. And um, the the angle she's coming from was like, it's not your DM's job to make sure your character stays like right. with the party. So um 
you you have to find reasons for sticking with the party you have to like think about it with that in and out of character information you've got to determine okay what is the reason that like my character is staying right Right. now and for the moment like if i frame it in lura's reference um prim left kiri as lura's ward almost like protect her like was the directive Uh um and so in character Laura's like well shit I have a kid now (laughs) (laughs) kind of sort of not really (laughs) but out of character Soren's like oh okay well that kind of informs just a little bit more of narrative like Laura can't just like make a break for it whenever she feels like it um she's got to take a little bit more of that into consideration and how might that affect some of the relationships she's either made or has yet to make um some of her previous relationships she's had before this Uh um so yeah it's just i thought that was an interesting way to to bring up that concept of like it's not the dm's job to keep you in the game right yep um we talked about this after the fact also but um my new character that I have going on, um, she's a hoot. And <laughs> <laughs> what sucks is that there's like some complexity to her that I don't want to say anything about until that complexity has come forth in uh, game, in game. Uh, because we have like our friends at the table listen to the show, so I don't want to say things that will ruin the complexity before it's had a chance to be seen firsthand. How very noble of you! Thank you. Uh, but it's anyway, really her name's Cora. Uh, C O R A. What's up? Uh, not the Avatar. Uh, you're right. Uh, and at the end of the session last time. I did like a little narration myself Mm -hmm. uh, where I said the camera sees (laughs) meaning. And this has happened in other actual plays. I've heard Brennan say this. I've heard Matt doesn't say the camera sees. He says like we see. Yeah. But it's like the we is the quote unquote audience. Right. It's the like people watching the narrative audience. Right. Yeah. Um, And the point is to provide some either some sort of context or maybe a teaser or Mm -hmm. like something to uh alert the players to something that their characters don't necessarily see right um and the the cool thing was just like cora comes off as this very like bubbly disney princess-esque like um kind of bimbo whatever uh and the teaser i gave tj's character is kind of a partner with mine who's very like granola e and whatever uh, we had basically just interacted with laura and kiri and had come forward to like we had been following them and and got confronted and basically are trying to join up anyway um she had been so bubbly and sweet and whatever that I wanted to give the teaser 
that maybe something else was happening there. Yeah. And so I said, like, the camera sees uh, Cora look at Geldy and, like, do this huge eye roll and say, like, oh, God. Like, something like that. And, and so, like, Kiri and Lura didn't see that. Right. They had, like, started walking. They were walking away. They were not with the two new people who were trying to join the group. But narratively, we got this little peek. Of, like, that maybe there's something else to these two that they're not letting out on a surface level. Mm-hmm. And the the tough thing for everyone else is going to be that especially you and Kiri but um those who are listening to this we didn't have a full party last time um but like you guys are going to have to manage the fact that you don't know that yeah. you're going to have to play innocent to that right but it allows our group of players this like intrigue of like who are these new people mm-hmm. and i want to it gives you an incentive to find out more about us a little yeah. bit like yep. like it, kind of like what happened last session uh i think it was kiri who was like why didn't you just go after the bad guy then like she yeah. had asked that yep. and it's like in that in that thought process like okay I, like there's like a little bit of like we have to find a reason to stick together. Yeah. So I need to give something. I think my mm-hmm. response role playing wise was like, well, there I hear there are more of you. Yeah. It was like more numbers. Right. Does better with unless without, you know. Right. <laughs> so there was at least that role playing response. Mm-hmm. But the idea then for me is that. Also, Emily, who plays Kiri, now has this intrigue of like, yep. oh, maybe there's something else to those characters that I want to find out more about mm-hmm. and might encourage her not uh, uh, from a metagaming standpoint, but just like might encourage different kinds of role play. Yep. Like if the Disney princess bubbly personality is grating, mm-hmm. there could be role playing incentive uh, from like a character choice to be like, I don't want to interact with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. by giving the players the teaser that there's something else there, it could change that role playing incentive to like, yes, this is grading, but I want to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So I'm going to role play this that it's grading, but I'm going to stick with it because I want to know yeah. what's, what's happening. And like hearing you talk about that made me remember I had a few different thoughts and directions for like where that might go for Lura's response Uh to their personalities and Uh to their eccentricities. Uh Um, And I had, and and now we're, we're really like getting into like, yes, talking about in and out of character information and contextualizing all of that. But also um, this is a lot of like improv discussion, like inputting. However, we have, um, a ton of time in between sessions to kind of like uh, strategize, make a next step forward. Right. Um, but some of those fun little offshoots I had were um, Lura like hates it at first, like literally hates the Disney princess like act. Uh-huh. Um, and then at some point it like wears on her and she's like 
it, she like completely accepts it and like <laughs> welcomes it and uh-huh. like either like falls in love with it or just becomes best friends with sure. you know your new character uh-huh. um because i can see it going her being just uh forever resistant because it just feels weird and it's coming at a very bad time Uh um but also like on the flip side it's coming at a very good time yeah because like it it could open a door for lura i think i think it might have been both of you that said something like something about her voice you were like you can drop it Ah, like both of you. I think both of you at one point were like, "You don't have to keep talking because like people that. don't talk like that." And I think my response was, "This is just my voice." I know. And, and then <laughs> I don't remember one of you said something, and I was like, "Honestly, it's grating for me to listen to," which is also spoilers, just like a little bit of a seed of like, yeah. you don't like listening to your own. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, why is? that why is why does it also bother you isn't it y- if you're yours you, you, you use you're used to it like what do you but mean like right. over their heads right like right. for the moment right um <laughs> anyway yeah no that's that's really funny i didn't i i hadn't thought of that <laughs> so thank you for reminding me <laughs> like, stop talking like that like, oh i simply can't oh I'm, is... I'm so sorry what do you mean what, what what could you be talking about your voice you don't have to talk like that oh this is just my voice i what do you mean it it's also grating for me so shouldn't I... you have like a flock of birds around I guess I could say it correctly well, <laughs> like shouldn't you have a flock of birds like following you or something Emily was like uh you're so strong prove it and yeah, i disintegrated yeah. a pigeon so oh yeah that was my flock of birds <laughs> no, no. and i killed it you're absolutely right and then geldy raised it from the dead hey who's geldy tj's character sorry no you're god uh anywho yeah um so our last point here is yeah. just to summarize like how our different ways of viewing it are mm-hmm. valuable to us as players. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said a lot about mine. How is being uh, uh, conservative about what you put in your notebook? How does that value you? How is that D&D valuable to player? you as a D&D player? Um, well, I mean, I I might be like switching camps, oh, um, well, but like here right. to convert. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, I think being a little more, um, I like the way you put it, a little more conservative in my note taking. I think the value that it that it offered me until thinking about this a little bit differently was. Um, it offers a little bit more of a genuine um, brain space, uh-huh. and that sounds kind of weird, but um, <laughs> but it really does offer the closest Soren can get to having the actual information Laura does or does not have, um, and so really it just like is lowering the threshold for like making decisions for her. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of the value that I see in that process. I am definitely in, in process and like, we'll probably continue to think about this after we end this (laughs) recording. Um, but I, I think I might be 
changing up how I how I take notes moving forward because I really like a lot of the points that you brought up. Um, and I like specifically how you're how you're using your note taking to further reinforce like character driven decisions. Sure. I might I, I'm interested to to test that out and try it. Sure. Which, hey everybody listening test things out in session try them out see if you like them yeah um i have a feeling that i would like to test it out see how that works for myself and see if it helps sure yeah i kind of hearing you talk about it i wonder if taking notes specifically on the stuff your character knows Mm -hmm. would be helpful for like newer players specifically Mm. because i i mean just focus on yourself for right now. And, like, to help your role-playing choices and whatever. Mine, yeah. the stuff I'm talking about is relatively high level in that, like... That's true. You have to be able to, like, pull yourself... It's very big zoom, picture. Zoom out and then zoom back in. Yeah. And that is perhaps a skill that, that you have to build on. So, like, maybe... I would say If so. you're a newer player, keeping your note-taking to just the stuff that your character knows would help you kind of keep track of that information and let somebody else be the archive while you figure it out you know get your bearings learn the like foundation of like whatever works for note taking for yourself um but yeah it really it really would give you some practice time to to lay down that kind of just personal archive and not even just note taking but like uh, might help you feel more confident in role playing because yeah. you don't have to try to like wait which part did I know which part did I not mm-hmm, like that kind mm-hmm, of a thing mm-hmm. so it might be able to help you make quicker real time role playing decisions decisions initially yeah. yeah yeah I think that's a very good point um, yeah I just like that I don't have any more to like I expand just like I just like that thought I have nothing else to add <laughs> uh, for me. I've talked about this a little already, but to summarize, um, the more uh, detailed, all-inclusive notes allow me to have a, a history of our session so that we can fill other people in. We can do like, okay, last session, this is what happened. Um, especially because we meet so infrequently, mm-hmm. uh, we often need to like really go back and talk about what all occurred. Right. Um, but then for like a personal perspective, it allows me to, well, a focus, uh, and not just tune out when it's not my scene. Um, but then B make more, intentional character choices involving the campaign at large the world at large uh instead of the the instances that are directly in front of me Mm -hmm. i'm talking like the worlds that our characters live in Mm -hmm. um and and remembering that they're not just a part of this one story but they're a part of this like in our um in our game, like this world mm-hmm. that has a lot of inner working pieces and parts. Um, so it helps me kind of keep track of what's happening all together and then make choices for my character based on those things, uh, including like small role playing scenes, yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. Anything else about uh, 
in and out of character knowledge that you want to say? I don't think so. I think we've like covered this pretty well. Um, actually, I I will kind of like issue an ask. Sure. Um, if anyone like who's listening has some like hot takes or like not even hot takes, they can be lukewarm. <laughs> if you have any uh, thoughts or like methods that like are helpful to you while note taking. Uh-huh. Um, could be D and D related, could just be life related, can all help and apply. Um, but yeah, shoot us some comments, like comment on the episode, comment, like come find us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh Um, I would love to hear more from other players about their note taking practices. Cause I, I do think that, um, our notes, whether they be illustrated, uh, written, typed, whatever it it seems to be a theme for Katie and I that is like very near and dear to us. <laughs> and it's just like very personal. Yeah. You know, yeah. like everybody's got ways that work for them, mm-hmm. you know, binders, online databases, right? Tags, not tags. You right. Know, like like all TJ's of, talked about like tagging his notes and stuff. All of and... those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I think the more we know, the better you're going to be able to make notes that work the best for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And as you can see in this episode, as you can hear, in this episode um i might be changing it up because i had more information welcome and got more perspective on something so totally. yeah cool i love that is it me it is it is me it is me it's me well that's it for us this week thanks for spending time with us today and thanks to noah trumbull for the use of our theme song there is a link to his instagram in the uh in the episode description so be sure to give him a follow and stay up to date on his band and his music if you're enjoying the show there are a few things that we would really appreciate it if you do um leaving us a review on spotify apple music google podcasts wherever uh the reviews really help us out to finding new listeners um I can't tell you how many times I, you know, scroll through reviews before I commit to listening to something. So if you uh, are somebody who listens to us each week, it would be so helpful if you could just tell us why and tell the world why. (laughs) Why do you listen? Uh, So that more people can also listen. Uh, Also, you could follow us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever. That way you get a notification whenever our episodes drop. And then lastly, follow us on all of the various social media channels. Um, we're back big time, baby. Uh, so you can find us uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Technically, we have a Twitter, but like whatever. Uh, that, that place is a chaos hole anyway so forget <laughs> chaos it hole. uh so yeah facebook instagram is the best probably places to find us mm-hmm. uh, and we post about our episodes but we also post about like our sessions and have little topic reflections and stuff like that and we've had some really neat conversations in our comments about uh people's preferences and stuff like that so if you want to join a little community of rosebuds find us on the gram or whatever yeah but uh so you know in line with that we want to hear from you so like uh when you come find us on those social channels if something came up in today's conversation that made you think a little deeper or just kind of sparked some of your own interest um let us know and if you have like some topic ideas for us um 
also let us know on those channels. Um, Even if you just want to say hi, we're happy to hear it. We love to hear it. We'll say hi back. Uh Um, Just send us an email or come comment on our social channels. But our email is chromaroses at gmail.com. And we will do our best to respond to you as quick as we can on that email. Um, That's chromaroses, C-H-R-O-M-A. R O S C S at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. All right. All lowercase. Um, but anywho, we can't wait to hear from you. We look forward to it. Indeed. This, my lovely listeners, has been another episode of Chromatic Roses. I'm Katie. And I'm Soren. Fight evil, love others. Bye.